This is Lady Tiffany Ma, and this is My Mind Emporium. Welcome to my podcast, everybody. I hope everybody is having a lovely Thursday. It is July the 1st. I used to hate July because when July came, that meaning it was time for us to go back to school by the time the end of the month came. And that pissed me the hell off. So uh, to all the little kitties out there, God bless you. To all the teachers out there, God bless you. Because y'all already know, y'all about to boom in school back in that school. Uh, so y'all know how I like to get my podcast started. Um, I talked on my, um, Instagram page, uh, which is lady underscore Tiffany Ma. I was basically talking about, um, I was going to give y'all a story about Cherish because I noticed that they had this show called Encore on BET where they're getting all these members of different R&B girl groups together to trying to do a super group. Um, and I noticed members of Cherish, I don't know if it's both the twins, but I know it's Felicia, not Fallon. Uh, it seemed like to be running off at the mouth. And I wanted to give y'all an exclusive story about um, that whole situation. Because I wanted to talk to y'all about Cherish and about what Cherish did back in the day. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, did I want to give it to you now or give it to you later? I give it to you later. That means that my little mind control, uh, conspiracy theory Thursday, mind control story. We can't do that today. I might give it to you later. But before, um, I get into that, I want to talk about some stories that stuck out to me today. I know some of y'all are still pissed about Bill Cosby being released from prison. Um, but I told y'all it was double jeopardy. You cannot press charges on someone that you always charged him for. Um, Bill Cosby, like I read yesterday in 2005, he paid the woman $3.5 million for the case. You cannot try somebody for the same crime. They put him in jail for the crime that he already paid for. I know y'all mad, but this is y'all law. This is y'all constitution. So it is what it is. And it was what it was. That was all explained. And I want to thank to the article that was able to condense what I was trying to uh, illustrate into one article. So I went to spend all day trying to find several different articles during the timeline of what had happened with him in constant. So yes. Uh, so we're going to talk about some stories today. Uh, ooh, the time represents the uh, date. 07, 01, 07, 01. Ooh, I like that. All right. So the first story I have is coming from the, the Jasmine brand, and it was written by Nick Alexander Finley. This was published yesterday, so it's kind of old, like 24 hours old. It says Lamar Odom criticized by judge for failing to make child support payment despite recent celebrity boxing match. Lamar Odom isn't getting any sympathy for allegedly skipping out on his child support payments. According to page six, a video hearing was held yesterday, Tuesday, June the 29th, to discuss a child support case filed against a former NBA star. The mother of his children, Liza Morales, claimed Lamar Odom has not honored their 2015 child support agreement, stating he hadn't paid anything since last year. Allegedly, Lamar owes Liza Morales $91,000 for 13 months of child support. Adding fuel to the fire, his children's mother also claimed Lamar earned 40 dollars for his recent boxing match against Aaron Carter. 
She just gonna hang you dry, huh, friend? She's trying to say every little last penny. You can't have nothing for yourself. Like, you're gonna have to, like, order from the dollar menu for the rest of your life dealing with her. Golly. She's trying to, she just squeezing the piggy bank. I don't know the whole story, but it's like, can he have, like, one penny to himself? Or at least a dollar so he can get something off the dollar menu at Taco Bell or something. A dollar and 35 cents to be exact. Y'all be squeezing every dime out of these men and they cannot have money for themselves. But you know what? They put themselves in that situation. I can't really feel bad for them. Next story. The next story is from the shade room. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> but the next story is from the shade room. And it says um, Vanessa Bryant and the other families settled a lawsuit against the helicopter company involved in the Kobe Bryant crash. Y'all know there were seven other people that were murdered Uh not murdered, why did I say murdered, that were uh, killed in the plane crash um, the day Kobe and his um, daughter, Gigi, passed away. Um, so, yeah, this article was written by Jay Ashley, and it says, Vanessa Bryant, along with other family members, were affected by the helicopter crash that claimed the lives of Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, Alyssa Adabelli, John Adabelli, Carrie Adabelli, Peyton Chester, Sarah Chester, Christina Mauser, and the Pilot Ara Zabaya Zabayan has settled the lawsuit against Island Express Helicopters. The helicopter company was involved in operating the helicopters from the crash. According to ABC 7LA, Vanessa and the Adabella Chester and Mauser family reached a confidential settlement agreement with the company that operates the helicopters. Documents state that the family fly joint notice of settlement and joint request to vacate discovery deadline. Document continued to state plaintiffs and defendants jointly report they have agreed to settle their claims in above entitled actions. The term of the settlement have been disclosed. So that's that. Um, they still won't bring those people back. I mean, y'all can do this with the money all y'all want to, but there was too many people that died in one helicopter crash. It's bad enough Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi passed away. Um and then you have other individuals who passed away as well. Matter of fact, whole families were on that plane. Um, so a settlement, yeah, it's, 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 it's monetization. It's money settlement, but it's not going to bring back that, that hurt and pain you had to deal with for years. Matter of fact, that money is probably going to be spent on therapy for these families. So um, my heart's go out to the family that were affected in the helicopter crash um, in 2020. Um. This next story is from Ice Cream Combo, and it says Angel Massey, mother of Kyle Massey, says accusations are an attempt, an extortion attempt. I'm sorry. Angel Massey, the mother of Kyle Massey, is speaking out after her son was charged with one count of communication with a minor for immoral purposes. Um, so I saw this video of her talking. And she basically said that she, that Kyle knew the mom back in the day when he was 16 and she was seven years older than him. So that means she was what, 23 years old? Girl. Somebody don't know how to do math. That means she was 23 years old, right? She was 23 years old. Um, and she had sex with Kyle when he was underage. And um, she basically saying that, you know, this lady had sex with Kyle when he was underage. Even though it was consent, he was still considered a minor at the time. And so now she's saying they're turning the situation around 
it's the and the child they're blaming him for communicating with the child um so I'm going to keep my eyes and ear open on this case. It's a very interesting case. Um, and hearing what his mother has to say about it, it makes me wonder even more. Uh, I just find it weird that a bunch of child stars in uh, a few weeks of each other, like Drake Bell and um, Alex Mackey, Allison Mackey, Allison Mack, um, are accused of crimes against minors or sex crimes. So this is this is getting weird and it's getting it's getting it, I mean basically it's opening the floodgate of how screwed up Hollywood is. That's all it is. Um this next article it's about my boy Chris Brown. Chris Breezy. And it's from HollywoodUnlocked.com. It was written by Keisha Gale. And it says Chris Brown seemingly reacts to being under investigation for allegedly smacking a woman weave off her head. You can't smack a weave off someone's head. If you can smack weave off someone's head, she need to sue the hairstylist for not making sure the hair is tight. You can smack a wig off someone's head. But even these days, if you smack a wig off someone's head, you need to sue your hairstylist. Okay, so the article says Chris Brown is reportedly under investigation for allegedly assaulting a woman, but it looks like he's now claiming it's all BS. As we previously reported, a woman claimed that she was smacked so hard at the singer San Fernando Valley home over the weekend that a part of her weave came out. Police took a battery report and then Chris as a suspect. Aside from her weave being dislodged, the alleged victim had no injuries and no arrests had been made. While some sources tell the news site that the battery case will most likely be kicked out to the city attorney as it would be a misdemeanor charge, Chris Brown is seemingly reacting to these claims. He took the Instagram story and on Tuesday and said, y'all so damn it is a hat emoji. Y'all so damn capping. I guess he means y'all so damn capping. And it's a bunch of laughing faces. Um, Chris, I'm going to tell you to tread softly as well. Um, people don't like you. Okay, baby. People don't like you. Uh, for some reason, you make other people's butt itch. Uh, so tread lightly. Uh, I'm not telling you to humble yourself. But tread lightly because she could go to court and she really could get money out of you and she could ruin your reputation. And you could end up serving time in prison and you don't need that. You have two beautiful children and you don't need that, baby. Um, Moving right along. Ice cream combo. Um, Last night, there was mass hysteria because people thought the legendary Biz Marquis had passed away. Because y'all read something wrong and y'all don't know how to read, apparently. Okay. Um, so Ice Cream Combo says hip hop legend Biz Marquis did not pass away. It was basically a statement made by his manager saying that he might not make it through the weekend. Okay, I did not know Thursday was part of the damn weekend, and I did not hear them say he passed away. Y'all ran with what they said and said he died. The man is not dead, he's still alive. But he, he, he's fading. Okay. Uh, he's not gone. He's fine. But still pray for him. And he can still pull through the midnight hours and still live on. Hell, shoot. Some of y'all are dead and don't even know y'all dead. And that's more scary than actually about to die. You know you're about to die. 
So y'all keep uh, Legendary Bismarcky in your prayers. All right, now this one, this kind of made me mad, but in the same sense, it's kind of smart to just give the money back because, you know, the government always find a way to find out what you're doing. And they're probably doing the test test a lot. Some of y'all get, uh, this probably test, well, it's probably to test you to see what you would do. Like, you know, imagine going to your bank account, there's $1 billion there. And that's exactly what happened to this woman. This article is on the culture trap. And it says, um, a Florida woman goes to ATM to withdraw $20, discover almost $20 million in account. Um, yeah, don't touch the billion dollars, okay? I'll be even scared to, oh, yeah, I did get the official statement from his family. Uh, but I already told y'all, he did not pass away. His manager said he did not pass away. Um, but this is, I, I feel like the bank be playing games with you. Or people be playing games with you like, okay, what would happen if we put $1 million in your bank account? And some of you idiots will sit there and buy a Bugatti, buy a mansion, uh, buy diamond-encrusted everything. Do stupid shit. And then what the government gonna do? Oh, guess what? You're $1 billion in debt. Uh, the lady was nice enough to give it back. If you ever get into a situation like this, do not spend that money. If you know you only had $5,000 in your bank account and you taking out twenty, dollars you keep it at that. And you make sure you account every penny you use and what is yours and what is not. I feel like that's a game the bank is playing. They're playing Russian roulette with your money, honey. All right, this is an article from Celebrity T with Z. And this article was written by Shar Patterson, and it said Don Cheeto revealed he and his girlfriend, actress Bridget Coulter, secretly tied the knot during COVID-19 pandemic, dated for 28 years. Girl, I ain't judging nobody. But a lot of y'all have are getting married and having kids because y'all thought y'all all were going to die because y'all thought of World War Z. And my thing is, if World War Z or The Walking Dead was going to happen, I don't want to bring a child into this. Let y'all bring your cheering and getting married. So I'm happy y'all found love, you know, end of the world type of love. <laughs> uh, article said, it looks like COVID made Don Cheeto want to lock things down with his girlfriend of almost three decades. The award-winning actor revealed during their appearance on the Ella DeGeneres show today, June 30th, that he and his longtime girlfriend, Bridget Coulter, tied the knot. Comedian Wanda Sykes, who was following was filling in for Ellen DeGeneres. It's not her show no more. They might as well get their show to Wanda Sykes. You know, y'all need a female, a, a black female comedian. Y'all need a black male comedian, okay? Come on, y'all. Let's uh, let's not talk about Let's talk about that. Just say it's the Wanda Sykes show. She ain't going back to that show. First reveal, when she told the Black Monday star, you texted me at the top of the year, I guess, and you told me that you just got married. And I was like, oh, oh. It says, it's a D word, and it's three letters. It says, oh, dick. I think it says, oh, dick. The pandemic got to Dawn and Bridget. Why'd she say, oh, dick? <laughs> and it did. Wanda Wright. 
Dawn and Bridget. She said she was surprised to find out that they were already married, which Dawn Cheadle said he understood. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable given that we've been together 28 years before we got married. I hold you blameless. Don Cheadle and Bridget Culture started dating in 1992. Since then, they welcomed two daughters together, Ayana and Imani. The fuck? <laughs> oh. Um. I feel a lot of ways about this i mean i'm happy you marry her but i had to wait 30 years for you to marry me when we've been common law married for 28 years okay friend this one was from the jasmine brand it's about laura voldemort uh laura voldemort said that he the sex is great as he admits to sleeping with rappers and nba players a lot of them have threatened to murder me if i ever said their name Oh, that's the video of Kyle Massey's mom. Okay. And my last article for the day. Um, this is from v103.com. And it says, Megan McCain announced she's leaving The View. I would share it here, but I don't think I like her. Um, it says... Um, Megan McCain officially announced she's leaving The View. The conservative personality who repeatedly ignited controversy in class with her colleagues on an offset announced Thursday that she will leave her role as a co-host on ABC The View. I'm just going to rip the band-aid off. McCain said at the top of the show, I am here to tell all of you, my wonderful co-hosts and viewers at home, this is going to be my last season here at The View. McCain said it was not as easy decision and that she will be The View and be with the view until its current season ends at the end of the month. I mean, nobody's broken up, and um, I get it. You don't want to leave a steady paycheck. It's hard leaving a steady paycheck, even though you argue with people every day. Um, you're you're you know you argue with people, you get mad at people, um, and you're being slow snowflakeish, um. But a steady paycheck, you know, I'm willing to get, I'm willing to let somebody slap the shot at me. Uh, specifically, Omorion. If Omorion want to slap the shot at me, I'm willing to uh, let him slap the shot at me for 10 k a month. You do that. <laughs> so. <laughs> Don't get any ideas, Omorion. Um, so, yeah. Back to the article. After announcing her decision, McCain co-host praised her. Whoopi said it has been wonderful to have her as a colleague on the show. Dobear, who McCain repeatedly battled with on the program, said she was a formidable opponent and no snowflake. McCain indicated that her decision was motivated by her desire to remain in Washington, D.C., a rare area near family after giving birth to a daughter in late 2020. She's going to run for office. I have a feeling she's going to run for office. Um, I, I mean, I smell running for office all over this girl. She's going to try to get her daddy's seat. She might move back to Arizona's. Mm-hmm. All right. So, 
I have been teasing you guys about my story. I'm going to go ahead and tell my little story because I know there's a reality show and I had to go ahead and pop it out, you know, while the show is popping and why it's still on. Um, so when it stops or whatever, I don't need to be telling the show story while the show is not on. So why it's still a popular, a pop part of pop culture, I want to go ahead and tell this story. I made the decision to go ahead and tell the story. Um, if any individuals get upset, any individuals, um, including members of Cherish, Um, I'm going to say this. Y'all did that. Not us. I didn't do anything to you. And this is not somebody being paid by anyone. I don't get paid for my podcast. Um, this is a story from someone who was a student in high school who saw that meeting your heroes could be the worst. Um, granted, they were not my heroes, but it would have been nice to meet someone in the entertainment industry to see who I want to write for. But that's another argument for another day. Um, so I'm going to set the tone of the story. So this happened um, spring semester 20, uh, 20, 2007, 2008. I was a junior at Newton High, at Newton High School. Um, and, um, I was a core student and it was only supposed to be core students that came to this, but apparently the whole school decided to come because, you know, y'all raggedy. So, um, but you know, y'all want nothing to do with chorus because you don't like the songs we sing in chorus because we sing in Latin. We might sing some Christian music. We might sing some country. One day we might want to do a tribute to the Beatles, but because you're too close minded, you want to be in the entertainment industry, but you don't want to accept the other genres of the entertainment industry. Um, so a lot of people who were there were not core students. They were just there because a friend told them, hey, you know, my chorus teacher said that Cherish is supposed to come to perform here. So I already felt some kind of way about people who came um, to the auditorium who didn't want nothing to do with chorus, who made fun of us wearing black dresses and pearls. And then all of a sudden, y'all want to be, oh, I'm in the chorus. No, you're not. But, I mean, you know, nothing happened anyway that day. But, you know, it was kind of frustrating that day to deal with that whole situation. So, um, what happened was um, our chorus teacher got an industry contact and was promised that Cherish was going to perform at our high school. Now, if you don't know about Georgia, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the town I'm talking about, the town I stayed in and the town I'm from is basically Mystic Falls right now. Okay. They shoot the Vampire Diaries in my hometown. It is 45 miles southeast of Atlanta. Um, So it's not that far from Atlanta. Um, and it's not a hillbilly nation, even though if you go to some parts, it can be very hillbilly-ish. But you ain't gonna find nobody with the hills have eyes there because I ain't ever gotten eaten alive. So, you know, it is what it is. I guess, I don't, I, I guess they were too scared to come. So, we were told like a week in advance that Cherish was going to come and perform at our high school for the core students. It was supposed to be for the core students. 
So they started giving us like not merchandise, but like posters to hang around a school, you know, just to celebrate, you know, cherish coming to the school and to perform. So we were like, okay. And this was exciting to me because I had never met anybody in the entertainment industry anymore. You know? Well, that was Bruce Bruce, but I didn't meet him. Somebody else met him. And I was like six feet away from Bruce Bruce, but I was scared to say anything because I have uh, social anxiety. But I, I've seen Bruce Bruce before. Um, That was awkward. But before that was before then, but you know, then in 2007, I had not met anybody really famous, so I was excited. So the day finally comes, and our course teacher got uh, all the core students, specifically concert choir, which are the ones I was in concert choir, so concert choir got to go to um state and we got to wear these necklaces and we got to do more shows and stuff like that. And we got to wear these beautiful black dresses, which I still have to donate, by the way. I don't know where my black dress is at. Um, but we had these, we, we, we had to wear pearls and black dresses like we we're part of the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. Now, I remember one year our course teacher did take us to the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. So, you know, we were just kind of, we were classy. You know, we sung in Latin, Spanish, French. You know, stuff like that. So we got backstage. There was like a fruit basket and everything ready for these women. Um, And so we're like, oh, my God, we get to meet Cherish. So we wait there. And then the auditorium started to fill up with you fake ass niggas. Because y'all want to pop up to chorus. Okay. But you don't want to do it, Curtis, because you don't want to sing in Latin or anything like that. So they all sit up there, filmed the auditorium. And I remember asking people, like, where you get the poster? And they were like, my friend gave it to me there in Curtis. I'm like, bitch. <laughs> it just, the moment that was supposed to be special for people who had been to Curtis, I had been in chorus at that time ever since elementary school, okay? So fifth grade, I was in honor chorus in fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade. I was in chorus until I was 22 years old, all right? I've always been in chorus. I have sung in a church choir before. At my family's church, I used to sing in a church choir. Um, so I have no, you know, I've always been in chorus and always sung in chorus, you know? until now so which is crazy because i've always tried to form a girl group and it just never happened i always wanted to be in a girl group i want a girl group roots and then i want to be beyonce but everybody wants to be beyonce now so we're sitting up there we're waiting we're waiting we're waiting and they never came so we're like what so, um, my chorus teacher called, I guess, Cherish Management or the label. Girl, they were like, oh, we're sorry. You know, do you want some free albums? And I'm pretty sure they still have their albums stashed somewhere because they didn't sell nothing. We're like, no, we don't want free albums. We want them to perform. We want to see them perform. 
It never happened. So with that being said, you know, I just, you know, it's crazy to watch Fallon and Felicia on this show with other female groups. And other, all the other females in the show were part of female groups that are more successful than their group. And they just talking mad shit about them. Yeah, they're a little rusty because they ain't been on stage in a while. And it's just, I mean, just sit up there critiquing everybody. They're just typical Atlanta girls thinking they're better than people. And really, it's like, well, how many albums have you sold? And I heard y'all talking crap about Elijah Blake. And I got a story about Elijah Blake, actually. Oh, um, because I didn't realize that he was a songwriter on the show. When that was a songwriter I met in 2009. So this whole thing kind of just went full circle. And it's for me to watch them on TV. I'm like, y'all are typical Atlanta girls thinking y'all better than everybody. You more famous than everybody. But your group is the least successful group compared to Total, 702, even Danny D. Kane. Your group is not that successful because at least I bought Danny D. Kane's album. So I don't understand why they had this attitude like they're better than everybody. You may be younger than them, but you're not more famous than them. Everybody know at least two or three songs out of some of the women that are there. Far as you, I forgot that Cherish exists. And then when I saw you, I'm like, oh, I got no girls from Cherish. So yeah, with that being said, thank you guys for listening to my podcast, listening to my story, talking crap about people. This is My Mind Emporium, and I am like so outie.